welcome back to another episode of the Winchester. On today's docket, Donnie Darko. We take a look back at this wonderful film that we've all grown up with and do a little mini review. Afterwards, we talk about media and how it impacts our memory. The TV shows and movies that we used to love, do they hold up or has media clouded our judgment? And we'll wind things down with a watch it or forget it list. What have we been watching and what should you be watching? Let's start things off. Hannah, Ben, Donnie Darko, what do we think? Um, I I still really love Donnie Darko. I, I was a little bit worried when we started watching it again because... I remember being so obsessed with it as a teenager and it was like my total vibe that I was remembering things that I did in high school. So this is very revealing, but I made a paper mache version of the rabbit mask and I also drew the same thing that Donnie drew that he sticks on his calendar. And I was like having all these flashbacks that I'd completely forgotten about when I was a teenager that I had done because I was so obsessed with this movie. And I think I, I had like a new appreciation for it as an adult. This was actually only my second time watching the movie. Um, I remember watching the movie and I I liked it. Now, when I, when I say that, I don't, I don't know if I liked it because I thought it was a good movie and I kind of dug some of the uh, it, some of the imagery and some of the some of the metaphors that um, are placed throughout the movie um, and the messages that they're trying to kind of convey. And I think honestly, when I first saw it, I liked it because it was like that deep, heady movie that was, everyone was kind of trying talking about and trying to. Talking about how deep it was and the messages behind it. And I think that's kind of the reason why I I liked it. Like, I knew there was something about it, but I don't know if I ever really, it ever really fully clicked for me. And I actually, I I enjoyed it a lot more um, watching it recently, uh, having gone through a lot more uh, life experiences myself and um, kind of being able to see where the different parts of the story were coming from and kind of the, some of the things that uh, the director was trying to do with the movie. And um, yeah, no, I really, I liked it a lot more now than I did the first time I watched it. I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> did no, you really? I, no, no, I didn't. No, I I like it as well. Uh, I still like it. Um, I, it. You kind of think about it a little bit more now, especially like, cause I haven't watched that movie. Oh fuck. I want to say like, in forever um i think it was one of those it's one of those things where it's like i feel like they maybe maybe they try to do too much at the end i was still trying to think about how i thought about the ending i was like do they try to do too much at the end but i don't think i don't think they did i don't know i'm still thinking about it um no i still like it i i like any sort of movie that is kind of trippy and, and weird i'm i'm all for it um because you know it's like you can like what does everything mean i give it 3.5 slaps out of <laughs> five slaps now you you mentioned like what does it all mean and i do have to say it does ask the really big questions right out of the gate 
Uh, like, how does one actually suck a fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking think? about that for half the movie. What do we th- what do we think what do we think suck a fuck means? Hannah, go. What's a fuck ass? <laughs> Are you supposed to suck that fuck ass? Oh, <laughs> uh, that scene is so good. Like as a like middle class teenager, I was like so angry at the world and I was so angry at my parents and like pretty much everyone. And after watching this movie now, and seeing how good those parents are to those kids and, like, how much work they're putting in to raise these, like, smart teenagers and yet how angry Donnie is, I was just like, wow, I have, like, an entirely different point of view now than I did when when I was a teenager. And, the, like, the performances by the two actors um, that play the parents, I can't remember that woman's name right now. I think but it's Mary she, McDonald or something like that. Yes, yeah. yes, she's in Battlestar, right? She yeah. plays, she's in um, like everything. Yeah, and she was fantastic. Like when she comes out of Donnie's room and she she goes into her bedroom and goes, "Our son just called me a bitch," and that like that like little scene was just so well done. There, there's there's a lot of great performances uh, and a lot of incredible moments in this film for sure. I loved um, Maggie and Jake's uh, dynamic. I know they're they're siblings in real life, um, but it just I, I loved them bouncing off of each other. Like they really brought their real life experiences into the film to make it feel so their their relationship just feels so authentic. For sure, mm-hmm. totally. For a good reason, it was authentic. Yeah, the thing that really stuck out for me, uh, you brought up the parents. I love the parents in this. Like they don't. They don't always, like, you think that they're going to react one way, and then they don't. And that's kind of nice to see. Yeah, they they don't go over the top. They don't, like, like even when they're talking to the, the therapist about Donnie's diagnosis, like, they don't go over the top with it. She just kind of asks, like, what can we do? Which, like, that was heartbreaking. <laughs> like, what do you do when that your kid is going through that, like, I, I didn't even absorb that when I was a teenager and I was watching this movie. And this time I was like, holy shit, like this, the, like all the like real life stuff in this movie is fantastic. And then they've like interwoven it with this bizarre otherworldly story. It's, it's quite interesting. It, it Touching on that as well. It's kind of interesting that like the first time, you, like when you watch the movie, when you're younger, um, you watch it a, through Donnie's eyes and you you feel you're supposed to feel what Donnie feels and kind of empathize with him and this broken world he lives in. But rewatching it at an older age, the the view shifts to the parents like you, you kind of watch it through their eyes a little bit more and you watch this this child of theirs almost their their mental state kind of breaking down and wondering is this real is this in his head like what really is going on it, it it's it's really interesting that they like you can watch it from both points of views and get this incredible story it starts off feeling like it's just gonna be your typical 90s family dramedy i guess you could say like it feels very of the time to start like right up until the the jet engine falls and then the tone just changes like 
that. Like it's it's crazy how it becomes a completely different movie at like five minutes into it. Yeah, they do like a bit of a shining thing with it, with the like title cards and and the counting down of the days and everything. And um, I I thought that was that was pretty neat. And I remember there used to be a copy of the philosophy of time travel on the internet somewhere, and I don't know if it's still around, but I remember trying to read that, and it was just absolute gobbledygook. <laughs> I I couldn't even understand the excerpts that they put in the movie. Yeah. Like I was trying to read it and I was like, I don't know what that sentence is trying to say, but I think that's the point. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, uh, I would highly recommend watching it again if people haven't watched it in some time because it's, uh, you, you get a completely different experience out of it. I didn't. I I'd forgotten that Seth Rogen was in it until he laughed. It was apparently his first like movie role, and his first line in a movie ever was, "I like your tits." <laughs> <laughs> That's such a well, Seth Rogeny thing. I mean, like they're showing him in the back of the class, and I'm looking at him, going, "That guy looks familiar." And then in the next scene, when they're uh, um, they're 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 bullying the girl, I was he laughs, and I was like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, and so what's his face? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. The old, he hadn't been in that much before he was in this movie. He was in October Sky, which was which was an all right movie. But his next follow up movie was Bubble Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is and, a great movie. <laughs> and then he did this one. We should rewatch Bubble Boy at some point because I remember liking that movie, too. I think I'm I adding just, it like, to the list. Yeah, I think I just like Jake Gyllenhaal, to be honest. Uh, if we if we had to uh, do Donnie Darko today, what sort of things would you... Is there anything that you would change? Well, first off, who's the cast? Let's say us three are in charge of making a new Donnie Darko. Who's the cast, and what changes to the script would you make i would after watching euphoria i would put zendaya zendaya i'm old i don't know her name but that chick she's fantastic and i think she would be awesome as donnie darko to be honest yeah she's really good yeah that'd be an interesting that'd be an interesting idea i i would honestly be kind of interested to see uh jake gyllenhaal as the father yeah oh yeah that'd be cool yeah I don't know who I would cast as the mother. I yeah, I that's... just have I just have Laura Dern in my head because she's been winning everything lately and it's <laughs> awesome. But I don't I don't I yeah I'm not sure. the The father in the movie is so hilarious. Like he just you can tell he cares about his kids so much, but he and he just laughs at things that like when Donnie tells the the um teacher to shove the card oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? the, the timeline thing or whatever yeah yeah and he's he's sitting in the meeting with the principal she, she says it and he just giggles to himself oh, I, love it. <laughs> I i i'm at a i'm at a loss because i i feel so out of touch with kind of the up-and-coming actors and i feel like that's something 
that really worked for this film originally was using some of those um, unknowns and those up and coming actors for these for those roles. Um, so you, you you have a little bit less of a preconceived notion with going into the movie with what it's going to be by not really knowing who these people are. So it could yeah. be by you see the list of names and it could be literally anything, right? Like at the time, like you said, Jake Gyllenhaal had really, you said October Sky was really the only thing he did before this, right? Yeah, and Bubble Boy. <laughs> no, that was after this, wasn't it? What, was it after? I thought it was before. Oh, I thought I thought you said it was after. I thought you said he followed this up with Bubble Boy. No, he, he followed up October Sky with Bubble Boy. And oh, then, I miss him. And then I think he was in this, yeah. And then yeah. I never heard from him it, again until Spider Man. <laughs> I was gonna say he's he's still playing those that those creepy characters like um, prisoners, Nightcrawler, like oh he, I forgot he was in Velvet Buzzsaw. Like yeah, he's he's kind of become when you need someone to really pull off creepy, he's the guy to go to. No, Bubble Boy was right at Bubble Boy was after Donnie Darko. Oh. It was the first one he did after. <laughs> that's they, that's so crazy. <laughs> actually, he he did he was in a fair amount before, but probably not in big roles. But he did about six movies before um, Donnie Darko. Yeah, I would say like like commercial successes though, because well, he was in City Slickers. I don't know that movie. City Slickers is a comedy starring Billy Crystal. Um, oh. There's a couple other people in it. Now I'm blanking on names. Jeffrey Tambor was in it. I don't like. I don't know if this type of movie would get made today. What's well, like, yeah, we've we've seen a serious decline in kind of that middle budget Hollywood. Yeah, because it's not a horror movie, but it definitely has like horror elements. But it's also like a family drama. Like I would say, it's kind of more down the vein of, um, what that that one director is doing with like Hereditary and Midsommar, but not quite as dark as those. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because because those movies are a lot more kind of psychological than anything. Yeah. But and like, like the- I don't know, because I now that I think about it, I would kind of put Donnie Darko in the same vein, but not. Yeah, yeah it's that's a hard it, one. It is psychological, like, but it's also a drama. Like, it's got elements of like an actual drama film. So it's it kind of straddles that line between the two. So I like, I don't know if I've ever really seen anything like it that's come out not that i could think of off the top of my head right now yeah i would say i would say uh midsummer and uh, hereditary are really the closest things we've gotten in a while that i've seen yeah but that i mean donnie darko also throws in that flair of existentialism yeah and like what is it what does it all mean yeah yeah I mean, no, that was that was that wasn't a statement. That was a question. What does it all mean? Please tell me. I've been dying to know since I watched Donnie Darko. I have no idea. Something to do with cellar doors. 
Yeah, did that did that really go anywhere? The cellar door thing? I don't remember. I it it kind of does because then when they go to Grandma Death's house, they go in through the cellar door. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, a lot happens that like distracts you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know, Scott. Who would you cast? Hmm. I would cast. I like your ideas, and uh, that's cool. I like that. Um, Laura Dern is a mom. That's good. But we definitely, at least at the end, she has to hyperspace ram the bunny. Oh <laughs> um, well, wait, what? What about Laura Dern as the uh, the gym teacher? Oh, that would be really good. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, who who would I cast? I don't know. That's a tough question. I'm. I shouldn't have asked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I if I knew that was the question you were gonna ask, I might have done a little bit more research. Yeah, if, just... if you were if you were bringing this back around to me, I wouldn't have asked it. <laughs> I just don't like what Ben said before. I just don't. Other than Zendaya, I don't know who the new up and coming actors are. Like, yeah, I, and, and I, I, I wouldn't I... necessarily say Zendaya is up and coming. Like, she's here. Yeah, yeah. And she's doing well. She was so good in Euphoria, and honestly, that's the only reason why I would pick her, because cause her, her character in Euphoria like, is a bit of a drug addict, and she's got that kind of like nonchalant attitude, which I think would play play nicely in a Donnie of this, this time. But other than that, I, I don't really know. I mean, she, she also brought a little bit of that to... Um... To a lesser degree, to uh, um, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't cast uh, what's his face in it. That's for sure. Tom Holland. He's too. He's too happy. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holland as Seth Rogen's character. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I like your tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to hear Tom Holland say that just once. <laughs> Well, what what's our uh, verdict on Donnie Darko? I definitely well, think it holds up. Yeah, I definitely think it holds up as well. Um, if you were to make a new one, though, was there would there be anything that you would change? Mm. Like story wise, was there anything that you, like you saw in the movie, especially now that it's you know you're going back to it, where you were like, mm, they shouldn't have done that. You know, we, they could have done this stronger sort of thing. So, some of the the bunnies like I I wasn't a huge fan of when they're in the movie theater and the bunny takes the mask off. I get what they were doing, but it just kind of it it didn't the bunny thing didn't quite make sense to me when he like I guess he was like at a Halloween party or whatever I don't know it. it that part was a little bit strange to me. I would have preferred it if he had just remained the bunny the whole time, I think. See, my my actual um, issue is with the same scene, but not that at all. Mm-hmm. So I like I didn't mind uh, Frank taking his mask off. Um, what really got me was they literally sit down to watch The Evil Dead, and she's asleep within like two minutes. <laughs> And she sleeps through the entire goddamn movie, not realizing that he got up. Now, you could say that that was like 
um, Frank's influence. He said, I can do anything earlier in the movie. Um, so you could chalk that up to that. But it was just, it was weird because I, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, how far into the movie are they? And then it cuts to the screen. And I'm like, that's literally the opening two minutes and she's already asleep. Yeah. Like she, she didn't want to go anyway. So why did they go? Yeah. If she's just going to sleep through the entire Evil Dead. Actually, Evil Dead 2, I believe. I, I'm not sure. Uh, is So one of the things I wanted to ask about is, so f- the Frank that they keep referencing later on in the movie, is that the same Frank? What do you mean? Because you, you know how, like, they're they're writing, like, there's writing on the whiteboard and stuff that says, like, where is Frank? Or, like, she, and his sister is, like, friends with a Frank. It, it's not the same one? Is it just supposed to be, like, like happenstance? Or, yeah, I th- I okay. think it's just supposed to be like, no matter where he goes or what he does, all he sees is Frank. Yeah, okay. right. Frank is this driving force in this world that he's in uncertain of. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because I thought I had missed something there where it may have been the actual guy, but yeah, I guess. Not. Well, the, okay. And then I know um, uh, Drew Barrymore was referencing Frank because he uh, he m- mentions Frank in his poem. Yeah. So she started referencing her, his friend Frank after that a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it was just kind of like it's kind of I think I think you're supposed to be seeing it from Donnie's point of view, even when it's not on Donnie. So it's like in real life, um, or like you see the same number everywhere, and it's all it's all happenstance. It was all there whether you saw it or not before. Or um, when you when you buy a car, you all of a sudden everywhere you look, you see the exact same car everywhere you go, even though you never noticed it before. It's just your brain starts picking up those things, and I think that's what it was supposed to be for uh, for Donnie. But it it's supposed to, or for him, it's almost a feeling of paranoia, where no matter what he does or where he looks, it's Frank is there. Right. Right. So speaking of looking back on uh, Donnie Darko and um, our views on it and how they've evolved and changed, let's um, let's dig into our second topic of the day, evening, whatever time of day it is where you are listening. Um, so, Hannah, you had mentioned uh, like looking back on uh, some older shows and movies that you you really really loved. Um, when you were younger and kind of seeing how they've changed looking back on them in a different light. Yeah. Um, so really this, this kind of just started for me because I, I was listening to another podcast called the West wing thing with Dave Anthony from uh, the dollop. And I started listening to the podcast fully expecting them to, like it and um the reason that they did the podcast was because of all these young people who had grown up watching the west wing and they seemed to think that this is how politics was and this is why they got into politics and the it became very clear almost immediately that they did not like the show at all and it was a show that i really really liked and i thought was really smart and cool and 
now that they're breaking it down, like there's all this stuff in the show that I didn't, I either didn't absorb proper, no, maybe not prop properly isn't the right word, but I didn't absorb either because of the time that the show was coming out or I was just like unaware of, of, I, I, I honestly don't know how how I missed all this stuff. Maybe it's just honestly from being young and not not looking at it in the same kind of critical light. But it just made me wonder like how many other shows have influenced my life and how much I've let media influence me. And I it made me wonder like if the same kind of thing had happened to you guys. Like I don't know. I my favorite show growing up was Buffy the Vampire Slayer and like she always had this like dark and brooding older boyfriend who they was like a forbidden relationship and like when I look at a lot of my relationships that is very much the way that a lot of them went and I don't know if it's cuz they were assholes I was dating or if it was because I was somehow like subconsciously influenced by these things that I was watching and I wanted to see if anyone else had that 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 uh, experience as well. Well, it, it's it's certainly it's an interesting line to kind of walk because I'd say that just about everyone nowadays, anyway, it wouldn't be the people that we are today without the influences that we had and the role models that we had. Uh, to look up to in film and television. Um, but at the same time, that's not necessarily a great precedent to set, uh, especially when you see um, some of these more, particularly now, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely love this, but um, a lot of antiheroes. You see a lot of people nowadays growing up idolizing characters like Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And... You got to want like it, it's it's a weird line to draw just because um, I'd love to see those films and those stories and those interesting takes. But you also have to think about the influence that it's having on um, on a younger generation, because you know, everything we watch when we're kids kind of influences us a little bit. I grew up watching a lot of um, particularly like James Bond and Indiana Jones and stuff like that. And um, for me, it instilled a sense of adventure and wanting to explore. Um, and um, I don't know if it was necessarily, if it necessarily, this example anyway, impacted me the same way that like Buffy impacted you um, as an influence, but it's definitely something like, I was always daydreaming of that and I wanted to emulate those characters. And um, luckily I picked the right bonds to emulate because I, I'm, I'm nothing like Sean Connery. <laughs> um, but I, I absolutely think that um, those shows and movies that we watch as our younger selves um, help impact or help, help us grow into who we become um, as adults for sure. I might've gone a little off the point, but no, no, that, that, that makes sense. And like, um, 
I, it's not something that I necessarily thought about a lot either because I always really liked fantasy stuff. Like, surprise, surprise, I'm going to bring it up again, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the same the same reaction to that movie where, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to go, like, wandering through the mountains and, like, go on these crazy adventures and, like, see all these different things and harry potter i wanted i wanted to be a wizard so so bad but knew that that wasn't a thing that could actually happen in real life but so those like more fantasy elements definitely rubbed off on me in the way that like i wanted it to happen but knew it wouldn't so i just wonder if like the underlying stories that these people were trying to tell probably had more of an impact on actually who I was as a person than the like fantasy elements did, but in a subconscious way, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and, and thinking on it a lot, I'm, I'm just re- coming to realize this, this moment. But when I was a kid, I'd get home from school off the school bus. I run home and well, I'd walk home. It was about a kilometer walk. I wasn't going to run the whole thing. <laughs> um, and I would, I would turn on the TV and I would watch, two to three, sometimes even four episodes of Star Trek every night when I got home from school. Um, I watched, I have, actually I think I still have them somewhere, all of the original Star Trek movies on VHS so that way when you lined them up, it made a big picture of the Enterprise. I watched those over and over and over again and I'm now realizing that that, like, in particular, Jean-Luc Picard had a massive influence on me as a kid and instilling in me a sense of um, kind of right and wrong inequality and standing up for other people. And just because Worf looks different doesn't mean you treat him different. He's still a member of the crew. He's one of us, even if you don't agree with his political beliefs or anything like that. And like looking back on that, it's it's. Inst- I realize now that that's part of the reason why I am so tolerant is I had that to kind of look to as the idealization of the future like that's what humanity should strive to be and that's what i've always strove striven that's what i've always tried to be myself is just that um that person that's open and accepting of everyone yeah and i just came to that realization (laughs) now like literally i looked over and saw star trek dvds on my shelf and went oh my god (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I upgraded the VHS to DVD, by the way. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I kind of fall, kind of fall into the same category as Ben, where it's like, um, like I would get, like, I would always watch the Star Wars VHSs again and again and again when I was growing up as a kid. It's that sense of wonder, that sense of adventure, that makes you you know have a reason and and have a want to get out there and see what see what's out there you know see see where the adventure is and and especially with like star trek like i i would get home and it just from school getting home from school basically it was always uh star trek voyager would be on first followed by uh d space nine this is on space channel too i'm pretty sure yeah, I was and, watching it at the same time because this is the exact same order I was watching it in. Yeah, so it, it would be like Voyager would be on at like 4 o'clock or something like that. Um, and then uh, Deep Space Nine would be on at 5. And then I think they had 
two. I think they had episodes of something else. Probably like Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that. Well, I, I, <laughs> which I, I didn't they, uh, watch for a while when I was watching it. They were playing uh, Enterprise. That's well, how that I discovered so, Enterprise. So Enterprise was on, I think, at like seven or something like that, wasn't it? Like yeah. it was on later or something. It, it was a later one. It was seven or eight. Yeah. Um. And then, because uh, that was when it was first came out, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So it was later yeah. in the evening. Um. And, and you know, like watching Lord of the Rings and all that stuff growing up. But it's just like I think to me, what has kind of happened is that growing up. And this also this also shows how things have changed. Growing <laughs> up, the stuff that we watched, there was always this sense of hope. This always always a sense of adventure and like like Ben said, like being the best we can be, like the like Picard and stuff like that. You know, wanting to be at a higher level. You know, having what's right, what's wrong. You know, Lord of the Rings, a sense of sense of adventure and. Um, and, and and that optimistic view of the world and now kind of like you know we're you know in our 30s and uh not yet not yet, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. speak for yourself <laughs> well i mean turning 30 and you know it's it, you go from those movies and watching all those movies as a kid to going in, into being an adult and you're just like oh things aren't as optimistic as you know the movies are meant to be it's like oh where's everyone's sense of adventure where's everybody's sense of you know um hope g- hope and giving a damn and and you get out into this world and the world's just kind of like the, don't get me wrong the world can be a beautiful place but it's definitely more a darker place than it is beautiful and you you get out there and you're just kind of like oh god and especially like to do like what i want to do with my life it's you know it's it's been a slow go at it you know it's the opportunities aren't there the you know you want to do things and you want to be adventurous and you want to you want to create you want to make things and you there's not always that chance to or that opportunity to i wonder i i wonder if that's part of the reason why we got into film as well I, I think so i think i think that would be right especially for me i mean i i went from uh watching star wars and like seeing obi-wan kenobi and like obi-wan kenobi was the one that i connected with not luke skywalker not han solo <laughs> but it was like the old guy i wonder it was why 104 year old alec guinness that's who i was <laughs> that's who i was like kind of because i was like oh this guy's a space wizard he's you know he's he's space gandalf you know uh, and I wanted to be one. I wanted to be in that world, which then transitioned to, oh, I want to be in like, I want to take part in these different worlds that is that are not here, that are not yeah. what we have. Like, I want to escape. Like, and that's to me why um, a lot of time people say like, oh, artists. Oh, you want to, You're an artist. And I'm like, I'm not an artist. I'm an entertainer. I'm a storyteller. Movies to me are about escapism. You know, it's it's all about like forgetting about what's going on in your own life and seeing what's going on in somebody else's, and even better if it's not even better if it's heightened reality or if it's something that's not modern dayish, like on the verge of being a documentary. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. escapism to me is, well, what do you th- think about stories? You know, some of the best books that people have read growing up are stuff that transports you to other worlds and to other times and. Uh, and I think that's what got me into that. But then it took me, I th- I'm pretty sure I was in the middle of, um, I was like, I think one or two seasons into filming Degrassi where I realized it wasn't acting that I wanted. 
it was it wasn't a being a part of the world that was only a, a like a section of what i wanted out of life what i wanted was to create the worlds and and not like a god complex or something like that but like <laughs> but like oh and it all i was comes like out. it's like oh no i wanted i wanted you know being a part of the world is great but like i want to make the world i want to you know be like oh the possibilities are endless you know what i mean yeah that's like the next best thing to it actually existing is being able to be a part of creating it or or like having a major role in getting it out there for other people to see and like i i think that's where that fantasy element comes into play at least for me is i like i wanted to write i wanted to i i like you i wanted to be part of the creation of those things because i couldn't actually be part of it because it wasn't real <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's just interesting to me like the that kind of psychological element to the stuff that we watch that you, when you watch something over and over and over and over like i did like even with like the office which there there is an element <laughs> to that that's like you know it's it's not as fantasy oriented, but it kind of is at the same time. Like it's the, a world. Anything's possible. You know, like yeah. why not why not is the question that's that's to be asked. You know? Exactly. Yeah, why why not? Well, how about we do an episode where we're about this? Well we can't well why not? <laughs> you know, like that shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's that's what always kind of drove me as well is sharing that sense of adventure and that sense of hope and just kind of opening up that larger world to more people. You know, like you, Scott, you mentioned escapism mm -hmm. and do you feel like that's kind of less existent nowadays? Like everything's going for that darker grittier more reflecting our times rather than looking at it's feels like it's holding up a mirror to society and showing us more what we are rather than showing us a window and showing us what we could be yeah um i think it's i don't know if it's that it's missing i think it's that back in like the 90s and early 2000s what seems to be the trend was people wanted to feel good people wanted to escape and like escapism was about like oh you're getting excited about a different world like like lord of the rings everyone was going on an adventure together you know um when you look at like star wars you know the, the a group oh star wars lord of the rings you know a group of people coming together even star trek coming together and conquering a, a foe you know together friendship camaraderie it's it's that feeling that you get when you're watching a movie and you're getting excited. You're getting like it's like you're there with you. It's like I always relate that feeling to A New Hope, the the Death Star battle, with the music pumping, with the space battle going. That to me is the perfect space battle. It doesn't involve fleets. It doesn't involve anything. But it, the tensions there, the excitements there, you know, there's so much on the line. It's it's like a hand. It's a it's a handful of starfighters against a fucking battle station, you know. And it's that music that gets, that gets your heart pumping, you know? And that's like, oh, man, oh, I can't believe it. I'm like, you're in for a ride. And you want to feel good. And when that final hit happens and the Death Star blows, 
you're cheering. Uh, to me, it like that feeling like you wanted to scream at the top, just like, yes, that, we did it, you know? Could be anywhere. I was on the subway, and I've got all the movies on my phone because of Disney+. Plus, and I was just <laughs> watching A New Hope, and I just felt so fucking invigorated on the subway. I was on the subway watching Star Wars, and I was like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it makes you feel good. But now, but now in today's day and age, it's like we want to, we want to be made sad. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's just a different, there's different movies now that are winning the awards. There are different movies that people want to go see. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily, like... This is why, like, movies like A Marriage Story or, like, movies that just, like, flat out are feel like they're just made to make you feel upset. And yeah. I don't I don't like movies like that. And a lot of people, they get some kind of catharsis from seeing other people feeling sad. And for me, it's just, like, I don't. I don't get that at all. Like, enough bad things happen in my life. I don't want to sit here and watch someone, like have their guts torn out for like five hours like i just all i want is to be happy that's why i watch movies and for some reason certain people seem to think that that's a bad thing like no i just want to be entertained i want to watch something that makes me feel nice i don't want to watch blue valentine that makes me want to kill myself (laughs) like yeah yeah i mean like and that i think that's uh, that's the thing too where you're just kind of like you don't want like Movies need to make you feel something, anything, of course. But what seems to be the trend right now is just like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make you, you know, experience your your parents <laughs> leaving, your parents leaving you, you know, again, you know what I mean? Like, there's so much fucking like, I like you said, you do so much shit in your own life. Like, I don't need to know about, uh, I don't need to see someone else go through the same shit that I went through, you know, or whatever. It's like, no, it's like, if you're going to do something like that, make me feel something in a different way. Don't, don't ground it into bullshit problems of modern day, you know? And it, it just seems like, it almost seems easier to make people feel sad than it is to make people feel happy. Like, yeah, I, like, I feel like negative emotions are easier to access that's why the internet works that's why fucking twitter works is because it's faster for people to feel a negative emotion than a positive emotion and to actually get someone to feel good like to me is much more difficult and i i feel like that's why all these movies are kind of swinging in that direction is because it's easier to make people feel that but like i just i i have very little interest in it and if if a movie is gonna make me feel bad there better be a goddamn vampire slayer in it to (laughs) (laughs) a great example of that is uh the big sick yeah it's a movie like it's a it's a movie about this couple and like basically life is just shitting on them but like it still keeps that hope in that positive positivity and still makes you laugh despite being that like not every movie has to be dreary now having said that there are some great movies out there like that but they're gonna be one out of every hundred movies i watch maybe yeah like that's not why necessarily why i'm watching a movie now we do have to kind of like i i do have to kind of like um 
go back again on something that I said where it's like, yeah, if you want to make me, um, what was it? What was I going to say? Shit. Oh, it's about like, it's okay to feel like, to feel like crap. And yeah, we want to feel good about what, uh, like when we go in to watch a movie, we want to feel good, but just not on like the Hallmark scale where you know yeah. where everything's going to happen. You know what I mean? Cause then we just get into the, then we just get into a territory or a category where, it's just like it becomes cookie cutter. This is this happens. This happens. This happens. You're satisfied, but there's nothing new. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like movies just need to be careful about that. Because if we just make people feel like shit all the time, that's gonna become the norm, and that can't be the norm. Because... It's definitely it, it's definitely been a trend in like like start. I would say it really started hitting with like Breaking Bad. Like Breaking Bad seemed to me like one of the turning points of when the whole anti-hero thing became very apparent and that whole like i'm going to root for the bad guy I, I that i feel like that show was the start of it but i don't know i i might be wrong no that kind of makes sense breaking bad was an interesting one cuz people used to shit on Skylar like constantly which I found so bizarre because she's the only one in in that show that is trying to she's the only one that brings any sort of like positivity or hope or whatever and and Walter is just so he's so terrible in that show and it just again looking back back on it when I was watching it, I I was cheering for Walter too, and then I rewatched it a year or two ago, and was like, "Wow, he's a real asshole." <laughs> he, he's a piece of work, that's for sure. Yep. I just finally watched uh, El Camino, and like with that, with Walter in mind and his actions in mind, it was just like, man, how did I ever root for him? Now I'm like, Jesse, like the worst thing you ever did in your life was agree to meet up with walter it's the worst thing he ever decision he ever made yeah so yeah so we basically we just a summary of what we were just talking about we feel media has indeed affected uh what we've watched um time time as well uh affects what we watch we we rooted for characters when we were younger then now we look back and we say oh maybe we shouldn't have um or we uh watch television shows that we thought we loved back then but then we kind of see it for you know it's truer colors perhaps let's say and um and also we dove down we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole about uh um how things have changed how like especially just growing up um, you know, we watch movies, the sense of what, and why we watched movies and why we enjoyed certain movies and television shows, um, and just how fucking dark the world is. <laughs> uh, so that's great. I feel like that. I think, I think that's also a bigger topic that we should dive down, uh, deeper into at some point. This is why I wanted to go see my fa- my new favorite movie, Cats, <laughs> because it just... <laughs> Makes you feel so much better about the world. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of that, they sacrifice a cat. <laughs> Wait, what? Dude, is that real? You yeah. ever heard I don't know. Are you guys fucking with me? 
No. Have you ever have you ever heard of the story of the cats? <laughs> the I thought it was all made up. I thought they made it up as they went along. Jellicle cats. Anyways. Jellicle yeah. cats and jellicle cats. <laughs> best part of that. The best part of that fucking movie was the was the railroad thing, I think. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, is that where you... they all get run over by a train? It yep, pretty well. That's right. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> but the movie doesn't stop there. <laughs> yeah, that's the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I'm terrified and excited to watch this movie when it's, it's free. It's quite something. Well, what are you guys watching this week? Um, I'm uh, I'm halfway through Lock and Key right now, and uh, you know I I'm enjoying it. It's not like the greatest thing ever made, but I I'm having fun with it, and that's all that really matters, as we've talked about already. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I've been looking forward to this show for ten years now, um, since I was reading the comics as they were coming out. So I'm super happy that it finally came out, and I think they're doing a pretty good job with it. Good, nice. Some good uh, Toronto-made, Toronto-made uh, movies there. Or Toronto actor in there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ashmore. Yeah. I couldn't at first. I couldn't tell if it was Sean or Aaron, and now one I still of, can't. One of them. <laughs> what good. a good person to have a twin. <laughs> Creepy. I mean, they're they're both they they both seem like really good guys. Mm-hmm. They're both very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I mean. I can't disagree with you there. Usually it's Ben or I, the one that gets creepy real fast. <laughs> no, Hannah just took it from yeah, but at least five. Yeah, we at least get creepy off mic. Yeah. <laughs> right, Scott? Yep. Right. Damn straight. Yeah. Papi. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hi, Papi. <laughs> I, don't know what's, I don't know what's happening. Um, I've just been watching uh, Picard lately. That's the only thing that I've been watching. I'm I'm really liking Picard. So far. yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I think it's um. I think I think it's got a lot of potential. It's really um, bringing back hope. <laughs> yeah, but I I feel like there's there's a lot of uh, it just feels like the go-to thing lately. Ever since kind of like Logan came out is like this. Oh, we gotta help this old old person has to help this kid, you know? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. just seems like I'm sure there's another story out there we could tell. But uh yeah, what do I know? I like it. Good. What about I'm you, Hannah? Watch- what are you watching? I'm watching The Outsider on HBO. And it's really good. It's dark, but I I really quite like it it's like a a mystery show but mixed with like a bunch of stephen king supernaturalness um and it's really hard to put down it's it's quite good and i i've also am watching uh chilling adventures of sabrina i'm yes almost at the well, last episode how's that i hear there's a lot of like underage drinking sex and orgies uh, uh yeah yes yep a lot. Yep. 
Very sorry, much so. I just had to make a phone call real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, hi, uh, Kingston Police. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none now, of the actual actors. They are right? actually above age, yeah. No, no, yeah, no, same, no. It's She's the same with 20, Riverdale. isn't she? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Riverdale, like, in this week's episode of Riverdale, Veronica Lodge makes her own maple-infused rum and has her own rum company. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense. She also she also owns an underground bar. Um, Archie went to prison. Yep. They called Juvie, but it's prison. Veronica just opened reopened the brothel that Cheryl Blossom's mother used to own as a drinking club. So seriously, yep. (laughs) Veronica's running a brothel and a Uh, bar. Yeah. And her father runs an underground bare knuckle boxing ring. Yep. Sorry, I just gotta go watch an episode of Riverdale. Anyways, that's what I'm watching this week. I I really like The Outsider. Highly recommend. <laughs> no no comment on Riverdale. <laughs> no no, I might be done. I might have hit my hit my ceiling on Riverdale. I don't know if I can do it anymore. How the hell did Riverdale burn out faster than uh, The Walking Dead? Like I gave that The Walking Dead like six seasons. I didn't. I gave The Walking Dead about four. And then I was out because I got real sick of Rick going Carl every single episode. Oh, that goes on for Carl. eight seasons. Carl, that's okay. Uh, Rick is no longer in it. Is he dead? Finally? No, no, he's not dead. He's getting a oh. spinoff. Oh God! He's getting a series of spinoff movies. What? No way. Oh, yeah, and then there's going to be three Walking Dead TV series on at the same time, apparently. Why? Why? Let it die. I don't die. know. I don't. I don't. It's it's crazy because they're just going bigger and bigger with it recently, and I don't hear people talking about it like they used to at no. all. What the no. fuck is the spit? What, like, where, what's Rick at? Like, what's he doing that he deserves his own show? Um, They thought he died, but he actually got on a helicopter and left. Oh, my That's God. literally all I... That's literally all I saw of that episode, and that was like that was like a season and a half after I stopped watching. So I can't so, even tell you what's going so on. So wait, what happened to the baby though? Uh, the baby last I, I think, was being raised by Carol. So I he didn't know. even keep his own baby. Or maybe Michonne was raising it. He left involuntarily, I believe. Like he was abducted or something. Well, because he's always crazy. He's always crazy, Rick. He's like fine, and then he's crazy. Then he's not crazy, and then oh, it's crazy, Rick. Uh, oh, crazy, Rick. The last episode I watched was when they clearly show Glenn getting his rips, getting his rips, getting his guts ripped out of his body, and then the next episode they're like, oh, jokes. It was actually a walker on top of him. And I was like, no, I'm done. I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> that show started off so strong and petered out real fast. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll, oh, I'll, well. Admit, I, I'll admit I gave up on it l- long before I stopped watching. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of did the same thing. I watched it religiously when it first came out. And then when they would release the the seasons on Netflix, I would like rip through them. Um, but I after that Glenn thing, I was like, nah. I remember in first year of college, we had a big like viewing party for the first episode ever of The Walking Dead in our uh, res in our co- common room in res. Mm-hmm. 
Like it, that that room was packed and everyone was so there for it. Now I bet you none of them watch it. Probably not. Like you said, I haven't heard anyone talk about it recently. Like this is the first time I've probably thought about Walking Dead in probably like two years, <laughs> maybe a year. It's crazy. Crazy. Crazy Rick. Crazy Rick. Whatever happened with that guy with the heads in a tank? Did he Who die? Who was that? Was that the governor? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He died like in season four or five. Oh, okay. And then they got, what's his name from Supernatural? Um, Jim Beaver? Uh, <laughs> um, Arthur, or was it, is it Arthur Dean? Dean? Dean no, not, not the character, not the character, his real name. Oh, uh, Jim Dean Beaver? Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That's yes. it. Jeffrey Dean Morgan became like the main villain. And then now I think he's one of the main characters. I don't know. Oh, yeah. He was some guy that was beating people's heads with. He was something. Negan. He's the one that actually yeah. killed uh, Glenn. Uh, oh, oh, so they fake kill Glenn and then they real kill Glenn. <laughs> Oh yeah, they. I think it was a season premiere, season finale. They had uh, Glenn's head bashed in with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire. Oh boy. Oh yeah, just just as a show of dominance too. Gross. Yeah. That anyway. Jeffrey Dean Morgan going from heartthrob on Grey's Anatomy to bad dad on Supernatural to bad dad on The Walking Dead. <laughs> bad <laughs> <Yeah>. poppy. <laughs> <laughs> well that's it of this episode oh no la, 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 la. the the human torch is uh, okay <laughs> the human torch the went human to torch. get a, a bank, bank loan, loan. <laughs> that's it for this episode of the winchester thank you for joining us for all of our ranting and uh, join in on the conversation on all social media platforms at The Winchester. That's it for Hannah, Ben, and I. Hannah, where can they find you? Uh, at Shiny Bad Guys on Twitter and on Instagram. And Ben, where are you hiding? Uh, I am the Ben Bray. Everywhere. I'm everywhere. And I'm Scott Patterson at S-C-A-Y-P-S-K-P on all social media. That's it for us. Join us next time when we will be talking about more stuff.